0: So, I listened to some of the mini arcs for Taz this week because mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not ready for Amnesty to end. So, I went back. I,
1: I listened to the finale of Amnesty. I was at work sitting in my cubicle. Yeah. And at the end, I was crying. Like, I was, there are parts where I was laughing, like out loud, which never happens. Yeah. And then I was crying, just like sitting. And I'm glad my like, I face a corner. But, like,. <laughs> I'm also, like, in a cubicle with Twizzlers flying. (laughs) (laughs) The pull-apart Twizzlers. Okay. The pull-apart That's that's important to know. Exactly.
0: I texted you last night when I was finishing it. Yes. And I was really happy that I was alone in my kitchen. And I knew Katie Beth was in her room, but I was finishing it up crying into my fajita veggies that I was Mm sautéing, which added, like, an extra little pinch of salt, I guess. (laughs) But... Oh, she walked out, and I went. I'm very glad you chose now to come out, and not five minutes ago when I was going.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was in the middle of Target when you were texting me, <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like replaying it in my head. And I was just like, <laughs> I want to fight these so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. But anyway, I went back and I listened to the mini arc that Travis DM'd. Uh, it was called Dust. Uh-huh. And it's another Powered by the Apocalypse like Monster of the Week. Mm-hmm. But it's called Urban Shadows. Okay. And I think this is what our first game should be on Millennial Garbage. Ooh. Because it's it so it deals with the same powered by the apocalypse roles. So it's a little bit, I think, easier to follow for a first run for us. Okay. But it's like ghosts, vampires, werewolves.
1: Ooky spooky. Yeah,
0: there's yeah, there's a lot of like supernatural elements. There's like angels.
1: It's weird. There's a lot. I'm gonna make a bunch of Scooby Doo references. I'm okay I hope we're that. gonna do that. Like I want to like everyone like I want to go like ghost ghost. And Johnson! So Travis,
0: or not Travis, Justin plays a ghost named Augustus Parsons.
1: I imagine he sounds a lot like like Taco when they first started Taz. No.
0: (laughs) It's like perfect southern gentleman drawl. Oh my. Yeah, it's charming. But um, he was the owner of a cashew company who lived a bad, bad life. And now he's making up for his sins of the past by helping do detective work for an agency like the Pinkertons, but not the Pinkertons. It's called the
1: Graces. Justin McElroy as a ghost. Oh, God. <laughs> so,
2: speaking of cashews... Jump scare! <laughs> sorry. sorry. If this boy's rattling, you bet gets keyed out. So, speaking of cashews, have you guys ever seen how cashews grow?
1: Yeah! I saw this. Yeah, I saw it last week.
2: Yeah. It's crazy. What? Like, what is it? Because okay, I'm gonna have to show you a picture, and okay. maybe we'll put it on the website. Okay, if we keep this part. Like they're,
1: they're but not, they
2: don't grow in like a, a yeah, like not like a peanut. It's or technically anything.
1: not a nut. It's it's the seed of like an apple. Like yeah, a cashew apple.
2: There's a cashew apple, and let me just show you a picture of this because it's crap. are those crapple Crapples? Crapples? Cra- what? No, it's
1: not apples that are crap. No, 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 no.
2: There's... Crab apples? Is that what you're saying?
0: Maybe, but they used to sell them at Kroger in Flower Mound, and they would be labeled (laughs) crab (laughs) apples.
1: Going back to amnesty of the pudding fruit. The pudding fruit. Oh, that sounds amazing. Don't eat that one. That one's butterscotch. (laughs) Okay,
2: hold on. Cashew apple. And I think they're edible. I'm not real sure, but yeah, it's freaking wild. They look... Cuckoo bananas. So it's got like the apple part, and then the cashews down in the thing, like underneath. On the bottom. I don't like how that looks, and it
0: it gives me the same crawly skin that
2: tiny holes does. Yeah,
0: Um, I don't like that. I hate
2: tiny holes. I don't like that at all.
0: And I know this is probably gonna get cut off. Bella just
1: farted. (laughs) She (laughs) did. I'm dog sitting right now, and. Lola just, like... But she's a classy
0: old lady, so we're not going to yeah. mention it all. Oh, anymore. yeah, she
1: is an old old person, so it's, like, it's cute. Yeah. Kind of.
0: But yeah. I was just going to say, this is probably going to get cut out of the podcast, <laughs> but we're sitting at a glass table where I can just see Lola, and I'm afraid that I'm not going to be listening, <laughs> and I'm just going to be staring at Lola's precious face and her gigantic lady paws.
1: Mm-hmm. He's a sweet lady. I love her. I love her so much she's very sweet lady.
0: and I met this dog five minutes ago <laughs> and I would do
1: anything for this dog mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't imagine how it's gonna be like when you meet Barbara Jane which is my parents dog by the way
0: I'm gonna lose it. I'm just gonna lose my
1: mind she will try and get in your lap That's and if fine. you start holding her she might cause she's she's a pit bull and she's got a battery ram of a head and she'll sometimes <laughs> like whip it back Like, "Ah, I love you so much. And sometimes she's decked me in the nose. And she's busted my lip a couple times. Mm -hmm. A couple weeks ago,
0: I had a black eye, and I couldn't figure out how I got it until I remembered that, one, I kind of hit myself in the eye with my book bag. But then that same evening, Rosie had headbutted me with her fin. (laughs) 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 So I just had, like, a black eye here. Do you remember that? Yeah. And it was, like, puffy, oh, and, like, no. I could barely open it the next morning. I was like, am I dying? Did
1: someone ask you, like, at work, like, what happened to you?
0: That's what I was most surprised about. Nobody asked me anything it about it. So what, like-
1: if what if they're, like, oh, actually, be in an abusive relationship. I was, she ran into a doorknob. That's what she said. But we know it's not true. I was
0: so <laughs> expecting someone to go, like, hey, are you okay? Like, do you want to talk about
3: anything? <laughs>
1: And I'd be like, and I'd have to explain, no, I'm clumsy. Yeah. Well, and it wasn't like the full all the way around. Was it just like the corner? Yeah, it was the corner, and it was and kind like, of like, like up here where it was kind of purple,
0: like kind of on the bo- bone. Well, you know yeah. what?
1: That'd be great for a nice smoky eye.
0: Yeah, maybe <laughs> great foundation. Maybe that's why. But it yeah. was it was like really puffy though. Was huh. the other thing that I was kind of like nobody has said anything. I look buck wild right now. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, we're gonna have to make a t shirt that says Buck Wild on it because I say that a up, lot. Yeah. Now. Yeah. yeah, that's your phrase this year.
0: I feel like it's Buck Wild, and I would watch that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we need t shirts with those. Yeah, for sure. Well, we're
1: what, eight episodes in now? Eight we're gonna episodes. make some merch.
2: Yeah, why Just not? Just for ourselves. for our, <laughs> okay, so for our nice.
1: estimated 23
2: audience listeners. Thank you, everyone. All them 23 of you. Estimated. Are 23. estimated. <laughs>
0: A few of them are probably you know? in
2: <laughs> All 21 of you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. Well? Well.
2: Welcome to Legendary <laughs>
1: Lasses.
0: My name is Ashley. I'm KB.
1: I'm Sally.
0: And this week, Sally is gonna take us on a journey.
1: Yes. So uh, right now it is still uh, National Hispanic Heritage Month. Ooh, ooh. And so we decided to do an episode on Frida Kahlo. Hey! Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> so um First thing that comes to mind, you don't think of for you to call
0: beautiful paintings,
1: yes. The eyebrows, yeah, mm. yeah, the lipstick, mm-hmm. yes. Um, so talking about her eyebrows, um, she's really famous for her unibrow and her faint mustache. Mm-hmm. Um, she, Same. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sometimes I get one rogue chin hair, I get one right here on my yeah. back, yeah. I can see, oh, it. I'm so oh, yeah. sorry that you guys
0: have to deal with one rogue chin. Oh,
1: hair. Shut up. <laughs> Although I was at work the other day
0: and I was just like I had my hand on my face, like right underneath my jawline, and there was this like long black like a weird, hair. You're
1: like, oh, I'm 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 about to be a wizard back. And I was just like, <laughs> it was like that long. Oh, yeah. And it was like thick and black. And I was like, how did I not?
2: What <laughs> I in the world? That everybody has one witch hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Anyways, um, talking about her mustache and her uh, unibrow, showed, she decided to like not groom them mm-hmm. and like also not shave her armpits or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. Great. Yeah, yeah. That's and, like and a
0: feminist movement now. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Interesting. And um, I remember I, w- I got it me like I got a pair of shorts once and like they had pockets, but like the pockets had like. They were stitched clothes. Why? I don't know, but I call now I call it the patriarchy stitch. Yes. Yeah. And so I was like, I was like ripping the seam and I was like. (laughs) (laughs) So I first wanna just give just like a Wikipedia description, like that first paragraph everyone sees. Sure. (coughs) Yeah. Frida Kahlo was a Mexican painter known for her many portraits, self-portraits, and works inspired by nature and artifacts of Mexico. Inspired by the country's popular culture, she employed a naive folk art style to explore questions of identity, post-colonialism, gender, class, and race in Mexican society. Do you know what that voice
2: reminds me of? What? In Ferris Bueller's Day Off, when Cameron Calls I'm <laughs> here.
1: And it also reminds me of, um, have y'all watched, oh gosh, what is it? Maria Bamford's series on um, Netflix. Gosh, what is it called? Um, She has a voice. It's called Diane. She's like, I'm, I'm Diane.
0: Diane. I'm Diane. You have no problems. I don't. Oh God, me. what is that show
1: called? Um, It's so funny. It's, it's, it's all like it. Lady Dynamite or something. Yes. 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 yes oh,
0: Lady Dynamite. I'm so smart. It's so funny. I, Diane is my favorite. Hello,
1: I'm Diane.
0: I can't stand Diane. But it's the funniest. Because I feel like I know people like Diane. Well, also Because me. we work in the arts culture. Like- That's true as well, yeah. Lady Dynamite. you should watch it, Katie. Mm-hmm. I think you'd really like it. Yeah. Yes, yeah, she would. <laughs> so, um, July
1: 6, 1907... Um, Magdalena Carmen Frida Kahlo y Calderon was born. And, and uh, that was her full name. Ooh. Yeah. I got uh, like a uh, Princess
0: Bride flashbacks for a second yeah. there. Okay. Yeah.
1: It's, I thought my name was long. <laughs> my full name was long. But no. Um, she was just born in Coyoacan and Mexico City, Mexico. It's an outskirt, like a suburb of Mexico City. Yeah. I might be butchering them, but.
0: They sound great. Oh, thank you. I'm just like, oh, talk to me, Sally.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so she, but but she was born in 1907. 1907. She later claims that she was born in 1910, which is the beginning of the Mexican Revolution. She wanted uh, people to like directly associate her with so that. So smart. It's interesting
2: that we get another artist who's curating her image again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I was just gonna say at the end of this, we need to talk about. Self-curating because yeah, I yeah. think that's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, she's so smart. Oh yeah.
1: So her father's name was Wilhelm, also known as uh, Guillermo, Guillermo, Guillermo. Yeah, Guillermo. I can't pronounce stuff. Um He was a German photographer. <laughs> he's a German photographer. He so wait, was, hold on. His name is Wilhelm, but he like it was um like uh, Guillermo was like uh, like a nickname or like a cultural name, like.
0: But he's from Germany. He's from, he's
1: from Germany, and he immigrated to Mexico. I see. And, okay. Yeah. And he met where he met her mother, Matilda. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, These names, I love them. Oh, yeah. She has two older sisters, Matilda and Adriana. And then she has a younger sister named Christina. Mm. Um, the house she grew up in was uh, later referred to as the Blue House or Casa Azul. <clears throat> <Ooh. laughs> and um, I want my
0: house to be referred to as Casa Azul. Oh, yeah.
1: It was like the house was literally blue, like a very bright cobalt blue i love that bright, bright blue I love it uh, i wish we
0: painted our houses bright colors like that Yeah,
1: you know oh yeah around the age of six she contracted polio this is why we vaccinate yes um i wrote in my notes in bold lettering psa get vaccinated vaccines don't cause autism vaccinate your kids yeah it's don't get me started don't get me started Just
0: goes into sawbones yeah vaccinate your kids but go listen to this album.
1: So, when her having polio, this caused her to be bedridden for like 9 Makes months. Makes sense,
0: it's polio. Mm-hmm. That shit's tough.
1: Yeah. Obviously she recovered, but uh she walked with a limp because it damaged her right leg and her right mm-hmm. foot. Like it was just it was Atrophy, it was thinner than her life. Didn't she also have back issues? That was later it? on. I'm going to oh, come that's on later on. That okay. Yeah. So in this recovery, her father encouraged her to play sports like soccer <clears throat> and swimming. Uh, encouraged her to wrestle. Oh. Go into wrestling to help her with her recovery. Yeah. Strong lady. Oh, yeah. In 1922, she enrolled at the National Preparatory School uh which is a very renowned school. Um she was all, only one of uh, just a few female students that attended. Sorry. Bella is just in Ashley's lap currently. Hello. She is just wanting some loving. She She's wanting
0: some loving. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're such a pretty girl. Yes. My dogs are gonna be so angry mm-hmm. when I get
1: home. Yeah. So she was one of only a few female students. It was uh, last thing I saw was like thirty-five. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, she was known for her jovial spirit, her love, uh, and her love and uh, colorful traditional clothes and jewelry. <laughs> um, at school, she met Diego Rivera, who's a famous Mexican mm-hmm. muralist, mm-hmm. and she often said that she'd marry him one day. Oh, spoiler <laughs> alert! Spoiler. Yeah. Um, by the way. Diego's 21 years her senior. Yeah. 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 <laughs> At school, she hung out with a group of students who were politically and intellectually like-minded. I put AKA woke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, becoming more woke and politically active to join the Young Communist League. Hold meeting. on, sorry.
0: Is this millennial garbage or is this legendary lasses? Yes.
1: of. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Becoming more woke and politically active, Uh she would join the Young Communist League and the Mexican Communist Party. Ooh. Yeah. I bet those are some fun parties that they would throw, huh?
2: Maybe.
1: I
0: feel like they'd be pretty fun. I feel like communists know how to throw it down.
2: I don't know how I feel about communism.
0: (laughs) I mean, I don't either, but I think communists could probably throw it down at parties. Maybe. I feel like they could
2: before it all goes terribly wrong.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: So um, on September seventeenth, nineteen twenty-five. Hold on, I
0: gotta go back to this for just a
3: second.
1: Yes.
0: Just like think about it. like all the young revolutionaries all together in one room, just like talking about ideas, talking about social interests, but just sitting in one room, like probably drinking some wine, getting into debates about what. Society should look like mm-hmm. these people know how to throw down.
1: Oh yeah,
0: I just feel like they know how to party. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's my kind of party. Mm-hmm. I don't like house parties. I like. Yeah, I'm trying, trying to say is I'd like so to be in a room with people yelling about like a house.
1: salon. Yes, I
2: have this thing where there's an exact wrong size of party. Too little, terrible. Too many. See, no, I'm the opposite. So so (laughs) I have this theory that there's an exact wrong size of party. Okay. Because if you have, like, a few people, close friends, close family, whatever, that's great. You know, Mm -hmm. only a few people to worry about. If you have a huge party, then you can go off and no one's going to really miss you. You know what I mean? Or you can, like, just kind of get lost in the crowd or whatever. Mm. But there's an exact wrong size where it's still, like... A house party but it's not so big that you can slip away but it's also too big for you to just be chill
0: I'm the exact opposite I think too little of a number it's terrible because Mm -hmm. I feel like the pressure's on me to like entertain stay engaged and be on constantly too many and I get overwhelmed Mm -hmm. because I hate crowds and I get like very anxious Mm -hmm. um but, like, a medium-sized party, it's enough for me to engage in the conversation if I want to or to sit back and relax yeah. and, like, yes. listen.
1: When I was in college, there was a party house my first couple of years. It was called Shady Manor. We called it Shady Manor. That's amazing. That's great. And we, like, we threw big parties there. They are huge parties. But what was great was there were several rooms throughout the house or, like, and you could go out to the back. So, like, me, I would just go into one of the rooms and just, like, or sit and talk to people. And I, I'm, I'm a person that just grazes around. I'm like, I make my rounds. And if I'm just kind of, like, whatever, I'll sit and then I'll make a drinking game out of uh, people watching.
0: Hmm. That would be fun. Yeah.
1: yeah. All right. So. That's uh, the freedom. Back to Frida. Don't have a segue here. On uh, September 17th, 1925, so she was 18 years old. Okay. She was traveling on a bus with Alejandro Gomez uh, Arias, who's a a school friend whom she was romantically involved with.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just, the Lady Gaga song Alejandro popped into my head. Yeah. And I can't get it out. I'm sorry.
1: Well.
0: Did he die?
1: No, he didn't die, but Um, the bus collided with the streetcar. Oh. Yeah. She was impaled by a, by a steel handrail. Oh!
0: Pain, oh no, it
1: gets worse. Mm-hmm. Through her hip and came out the other side.
0: I, um, I knew this. Yes. I knew this. I remember this now from looking at her paintings. Yeah,
1: so obviously she suffered from several serious injuries Oof. including fractures to her spine and her pelvis. Um, she had to stay at the Red Cross Hospital in Mexico City for several weeks. Oh. She then returned home for further recuperation. Uh, With all that free time, she began painting during her recovery Mm -hmm. and uh, she finished her first self portrait the following year and gave it to to Gomez In 1928, she reconnected with Diego Rivera. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was just asking him to look at one of her paintings um, and they started a relationship. Yeah, uh, he encouraged her artwork, he was a really big fan of hers. and um, in 1929, uh, Frida Kahlo and Diego Rivera married, despite her mother's objection, because of obviously because of the age, age, age difference. difference.
2: Now,
0: I don't know, maybe you're going to talk about this later, but, and maybe I'm completely wrong in this as well, but Diego's not that great of a person slash
1: husband, Oh, we're right? going to talk about that. Okay. We're going to talk about that. Okay. So mm-hmm. uh, we're going to touch on life with Diego Rivera. So Diego Rivera would have commissions in various places, mm-hmm. um, and Frida would obviously follow him as a as a good wife. Um, in 1930, they went to San Francisco, and they went to New York City because uh, he had a show at the Museum of Modern Art. Uh, later, they moved to Detroit for a commission with the Detroit Institute of Arts. Um, in 1932. Uh, Frida's paintings started to have more realistic and surrealistic components. Mm. Uh, A really good example of this one is uh, a painting titled Henry Ford Hospital. And this is the one where she's in bed and there's the veins coming out. And it has the fetus, a flower, a pelvis, a snail. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's all connected by veins. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of this, uh, people are saying it's expression of her feelings about her second miscarriage. Because, mm-hmm. obviously, because of her um, injuries that mm-hmm. she suffered from.
0: It um, has such a intense painting. Oh I God. mean, all of her work is pretty intense. But mm-hmm. that one specifically, it's, I remember seeing Younger and just like. Mm. Yeah, <sighs> very mm-hmm. intense. She also got this, like, not quite, I wouldn't say macabre, Mm-mm. but, like, I don't know what other words to use. It's
2: some memento mori thing in the way that it's not like a skull in the painting or anything like that but it's almost like a sense that things die or like (sighs) that there's everything's finite or something maybe yeah
0: yeah yeah. it's still not quite really morbid or anything no it's it's not morbid or macabre or anything it's just like I don't know I still can't find the exact word to use for it but it's other than like intense but like in a not a bad way. No. I don't know how to describe this. I don't know either. This is why I have such a problem talking about Frida Kahlo's work. Other than like, it's great. I love it. I, See, it's a lot.
1: That's, yeah. I, I feel the same way when I talk about a lot of art pieces. Like, why do you like this? I was like, it was good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty. I like the colors. I'm just like, it makes me feel, it just uh, makes me feel like mm-hmm. yeah. that's what they're supposed to do. Maybe,
0: maybe that's it too. Maybe there is kind of this like catharsis feeling that I get when I look at her paintings that Mm -hmm. I don't get when I look at some other paintings Mm -hmm. and I maybe like that's why I don't know quite how to describe it is because there is kind of this like catharsis
2: to me it's almost like a sort of put it in play terms her work is like blasted yes and whereas some other artists it's more like Chekhov where everything's underneath the surface and there's like a lot of tension going on or a lot of emotion still there but mm-hmm. it's not released. There's no, like you said, the yeah. catharsis okay. to it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So if Frida Kahlo is Sarah Kane blasted, Yeah. where mm-hmm. is Artemisia?
2: Artemisia, I'd say she's more towards that too. Not quite. She still has to rein it in yeah. because of who she's painting for. Yeah. But I think left to her own devices, if she had been left to her own devices from the beginning, she would she be would more on that, on that side. spectrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then,
0: okay. Then let me ask you, let me we're going to take it out of people that we've talked about them. Like, let's talk about Van Gogh. Where's Van Gogh on this? He's probably a check I'm, off. I would say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I
2: think so too. I think he's more toward that end of things because a lot of the time you're just looking at a field or mm-hmm. whatever, but there's something, but there's like an out. underlying yeah.
0: emotion.
2: Yeah. 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 And I I'm would say serious. the impressionist or, Kind of that way too for yeah. me, or
1: you know, yeah. yeah. Are you okay? I just I'm really hot. Do you to turn the AC? I down? didn't turn the AC on. Oh, what's going on? Oh well. Anyways, back to free maybe it's your vodka Red Bull. <laughs> I'm drinking a vodka. Are right, y'all feel do you, fine? Huh? Do y'all feel fine?
0: I'm great. I'm a little warm, but I'm always warm. So. Yeah.
1: Okay.
0: I'm always kind of good, okay. <laughs> unless it's too hot. Yeah. Then I'll let you know.
1: Okay. <laughs> Do you well, want to sip on my frappuccino? No, it's fine. I'm drinking Red Bull and vodka.
2: And I'm um, drinking water <laughs> since we're announcing drinks. <laughs> uh,
1: in 1933, they went to New York City um, for a commission at the RCA building at Rockefeller Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, proje- the, pro- the project... The project... I thought you were right. going to say the produce. Um, I was going to say the project. I am so... <laughs> do oh. the project? The project. So um, the the project or the project uh, <laughs> or the produce? Or the produce. Um, it was called uh, Man at the Crossroads. Okay. Yeah, that sounds really familiar. Yeah, it shows like the aspects of uh, contemporary social and scientific culture. So, like, it's is it is it that like? There's this like dirt road that like forks. And then there's like two families. Mm-mm. No, it's what the, am I um, about? It's like a worker controlling machinery, and there's like panels. Uh, there's like or like, um, like the frontier of ethical evolution and the frontier of material development. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, like representing socialism and capitalism. Okay. Essentially. Um, So the project was halted by Nelson Rockefeller when the mural included a portrait of communist leader uh, Vladimir Lenin. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) The month after the incident, Kahlo and Rivera returned to Mexico and went to live in San Angel, Mexico.
2: Or Angel. So this was in the 20s? San Angel.
1: This was in 33. 33.
2: So even before we really hated communists. We really hated communists. Even before that, like a few decades before, we're kind of like, mm, I don't think so.
1: Back to Frida Kahlo. So in Mexico, they kept separate but adjoining studios. And as you uh, said earlier, they had many infidelities. Yeah. Uh, R- uh, Rivera had lots of affairs, including one with Frida's sister, Christina. Whoa, I yeah. did not know about that yeah. one. In response, Christina, what yeah. were you doing, girl? Also like, Diego ain't that hot. No, he um, he looks like, okay. Do y'all remember watching, did y'all ever watch Viva La Bam? like in the early aughts? No. Mm-mm. Okay, if anyone remembers watching Viva La Bam, he looks like Vito, but just like with a tan. So, so like a skinny Vito, but like much more darker. Yeah, I can see like that. Latin.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, he's really scary looking. He's very scary
1: looking. His eyes go in two different directions. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs>
1: Sometimes that's just how your eyes are, though. You can't help that. Yeah, you can't help it. Mm-hmm. So uh, Frida's response to this betrayal of um, betrayal she, betrayal she cut off most of her like she had very long dark hair she cut it off. Like, her girl. terror was her trademark. And she yeah. Um, so they went through periods of separation. And in 1937, they joined together to help exiled Soviet communist Leon Trotsky oh. and his wife, Natalia. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And uh, reportedly, uh, Leon Trotsky and Frida Kahlo uh, reportedly have a, had a brief affair.
0: Mm-hmm. When his mm-hmm. wife was hiding with him in exile?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: You gotta
2: watch out for those
1: Russians.
2: Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Listen. I'm sure
2: Frida was fine with this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I say that because (laughs) I've been watching War and Peace on Hulu from BBC or PBS, whichever Uh one. So I'm kind of deep in Russian literature right now, as far as my thoughts go. Mm -hmm. And all of them are terrible human beings. Mm
1: -hmm. So in 1939, uh, Frida Kahlo and Diego Rivera divorced.
3: Good.
1: Um, but they didn't they didn't stay divorced for long they oh, were married shit. in 19 They <laughs> were married in 1940 like god it was very you Ross guys. and Rachel it was um, it was very we Ross We were, were on a break I don't I don't watch friends a lot that's the only thing I know Yeah about me too Um uh, listen good grief I do watch
2: I've watched friends like a couple of times yeah. through I don't I just It's just it's I about time for my
0: yearly watch
2: of The Office
1: Yes. Yeah, see, I, really I don't. I remember watching Friends every once in a while, like when this, when, like, they were still doing the series. But there are some people that, like, it's a religion. Mm-hmm. And I don't see why. No. I don't get it. Mm-mm. Maybe
0: it's because I'm just not. Uh, I mean, I'm of that era, but I wasn't, like, I a grown up it. during the era. Well,
1: like, yeah. Well, we also have like 20 something. Yeah. We were like, no. Nah. babies. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so when they remarried, uh, they continue to lead largely separate lives, and they both both becoming involved with other people. Why over we the they I don't know. I
2: don't want to like put my own ideas onto historical figures because again, I don't want to create fake history. But like, I mean, just, but, just no. Like, let talk about it. Yeah,
0: like I. If it's polyamory, that's like one thing, but that doesn't seem like that's what this is.
2: I think they really loved each other.
0: I think they did too, but it's like if you're living largely separate lives that you're not even really around them, what's the point Sometimes of being married?
2: People like space, though, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those people. I'm like. If I'm in a relationship with you, I want to be with you all the time kind of thing. Yeah, but also, but, like, I was talking
1: to a guy recently, and he was just like, I want someone like, cuddle in bed with, him, we can, like, eat in the bed and stuff, and I can, like, kiss her on her forehead, and I was like, mm, no. Because <laughs> I'm just like I like, I like, I mean, I enjoy my own company. I do. And I'm just, I don't know if I'm just, I'm not that type to be like, I want to watch his family for having like I think it's
0: dumb. I'm, I'm somewhere in between. Yeah. You know, like, I like affection, but like, I also yeah, need my like, alone time. Like, I like, I
1: like, affection. I mean, you know, yeah. I think as a human.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think it's something I'll crave. Yeah.
1: But it's just, I, I don't, I don't see how people like identify relationship with that.
0: You know what I mean? What do you mean? Identify relationships with?
1: Yeah, Affection? I was like, I want someone to be affectionate with. And I was like, no, 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 no. That's not a, r- That's r- not a relationship. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you want the Instagram relationship. And I don't want that bullshit.
0: No. I like no. a real, real relationship.
1: Yeah. 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 That's weird.
0: That we could post cute pictures if we want.
1: Yeah, but I don't want to be that couple that, like... We're so I, in love. Have I done my rant about engagement photos?
0: I don't think so, but I'm very intrigued. <laughs> okay.
1: I hate engagement photos. Okay. They are so, like,
0: I Sally, love them with, when, when they... when you are, get engaged, can I take your engagement photos? So this
1: is my idea. If I, if I ever get engaged, these are going to be my engagement photos. But, like, okay. Because the reason, like... A lot of engagement photos I see aren't what I don't what I see. They're not genuine. They don't show no. the actual yeah. couple. They're just like we're by a fit. We're in love. We're like we were like we worked at App or you know at, at yeah. Like we're in front of like the, like it's there's a reflection pool. There's a really nice like little person. and there's
0: like five couples out there. Oh yeah, and meals. they're, like, they're <laughs> like
1: holding hands, walking like. Oh my yeah. gosh, my hair's
0: so perfect. My favorite is when they go take pictures over by where we're set up for the box office. Oh yeah, by that
1: wall. By and the wall, like... and you can
0: watch them out the window. And it's so funny to watch them pose and the photographer be like, no 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 this way. <laughs> and they're like, this way. Yeah. And then like, okay, look at each other like you actually like each other. And they kind of just look at each other like
2: See that's yep. why I like the instances where like the guy's gonna propose and he books a photographer to Capture the moment. Capture the actual proposal. Yeah. And they're not, like, there with them. They're, like, on a adjoining hillside or something. Right, no,
0: yeah. So. But I also think, like, you can have an engagement photo shoot, like people do now, mm-hmm. but I think it's also become such a business that photographers mm-hmm. take the same photos of yeah, different couples. Yeah. Yeah. And I would much rather see, like, the couple's personality. So yeah. this
1: is what I want for my engagement photos. Okay. I want... Whoever the photographer is. Me. So like Yes. Okay. I want you to be there, like, wait, like, where you're just going to follow us throughout the day. We're probably going to be home, and it's just going to be like, us, like, like laying in bed, just like, ah! Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, I want, because. I'm all about that. Exactly. <laughs> like, us, like, watching Netflix, like, us pissed off at each other, or us, like, cooking, and, like, whoever my partner is, like. That I—that's what I want.
0: Yeah, like I 100% agree.
1: Because with most couples were just like, I'm we in love, cash bar," but I'd be like, "No, this is the couple you're gonna celebrate open <laughs> bar, y'all." BYOB, <Like, laughs> yeah, yeah, like that. So
0: my engagement photo—I wanted to start with, <laughs> with your dogs. With my dogs, and then the next photo is me in one of those blow up T Rex costumes, <laughs> <laughs> and he had to propose to me in that. That's what I want.
2: Oh my god, that
0: or a Pride and Prejudice themed shoot? Those I'll are two very different
2: things.
0: I know. I've seen uh, Welcome to my mind. <laughs> it's a scary place. I've
1: seen an alien themed and um. An alien themed maternity shoot. Oh my That's god. That's amazing. I've seen that. And then I've also seen um, a Friday the 13th engagement shoot.
0: That's incredible as well. Yes.
1: Oh it's which, like, which is great. Anyways, we're going to go so, back. to Yeah. So with Frito and. Frito. My god. Frito. I do have chips and dip.
2: Uh, Frida yes. and Diego is what I was trying to say, but I tried to say them at the same time. Uh-huh. Frida and Diego. Yeah. Sometimes when you get two people who are intensely creative and very passionate obviously and all of that there, I feel like their personalities can clash so much to the yeah. point like they love each other they're passionately in love with each other but living together is just not an option. They need their own space. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: So which terrifies me because mm-hmm. I love a good artist. Yeah. yeah. And I like a good broody. But uh, yeah, it's not good.
1: <laughs> so as I was saying, like you know, they involved with their people over the years, including Frida.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, she some of her lovers include I'm going to butcher this name, um, Isami Noguchi. Um, he's a Japanese American artist. Wow. Architect. Okay. Um, as as I mentioned earlier, Leon Trotsky mm-hmm. and Josephine Baker. What? what? Yeah, <laughs> Josephine. Baker. Wait, I mean, I don't
2: I can't say that I'm entirely surprised, but it's just like, oh, I know, like, I saw that I was like, what? I'm not su- I think I'm more surprised by it being
0: Josephine Baker. Yeah. Than anything else. Why?
1: I don't know. I mean, she was also woke as hell.
0: That's true. She
1: was a French resistance agent. That's true. Resistance agent. Wow. Yeah. Well, she's like, yo, you're Damn. woke as hell and you're She's like let's be honest Josephine Baker. She's fine.
0: She's cute. She's very cute. She's cute. But wow, what a what a relationship.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> former lovers are just like a who's who. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. crazy. All right. So I think this is a good time to take a break. Uh, when we get back. You're gonna, gonna leave
0: me on the Josephine Baker. Yeah, note? we're gonna
1: leave on Josephine Baker. Um, and
0: when we get back, we're gonna talk to we're gonna talk about Frida as an artist. I thought you were gonna say we were gonna talk to Frida and I was we're like, I have the Ouija board. No. <laughs> no. I
1: don't, I don't have one.
0: Like I said, it's just- all right. So this is our break. Yes, yeah, this is our Do break. Do I get chips and dip? Obviously. This
1: okay. is what it is the break
0: is for. Okay, great. Enjoy your ad.
1: That was really good. Mm-hmm. was well, so good. Thank should, you. Should we give the fans some ASMR content? I was talking to the fans. No, you were... <laughs> and they said that they hated ASMR. Really? Because I talked to a bunch of the fans too, and they said, oh my gosh, Sally, this should just be an ASMR podcast.
0: I don't know if those are fans as much as haters.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think you hate... That the fans
1: love
2: it. See, you're saying fans, but I think these are just conversations you've had with
1: yourselves. (laughs) Right, the fans.
0: (laughs) No, 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 I was talking to Rosie and Gilda about it. Y'all
2: are 2% of the fan base, do you know that? Yep. Did I do that math right? Something like that. Maybe I didn't. know I didn't. This is terrible audio.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have to There's, listen to this and I edit. I think this is wonderful audio.
2: Sorry, y'all. Are you know tenor, what? I'm gonna but... leave
0: that in, just so you can hear it blast on your speakers <laughs> and be like, ah, it's terrible audio. It's terrible to listen to. It's terrible to have to edit. It's my nightmare, and I'm in hell every time it
1: happens. Let me get you a Red Bull next time we record. Yes, please. Okay. I make it? Does that make it better? Almost. What would make it so like? What would make it 100
2: better?
1: I'll see what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna reach out to the macaroys on Twitter. Hi. I don't have any more chips for you. I'm so
0: sorry. I know your auntie was so mean and didn't give you other food too, like she gave to
1: your sister. That's okay. I love you. (laughs) All right. Let's get back to Frida Kahlo. Okay. We're going to talk more about her art. Mm -hmm. So she was considered a surrealist artist, but she never really considered herself that. Uh, She befriended um, Andre Brenton in 1938. He's a primary figure in that movement. Mm-hmm. And at one point, he's just like, yeah, you're a surrealist. <laughs> she was just like, well, I never considered myself one until, we called, until they called me. when I was like, all right. I was just kind of doing my own thing. Yeah, yeah. she was just like, I was just doing my thing. So so uh, that same year, she had a major exhibition at a New York City gallery selling about half of the 25 paintings she brought there.
0: Wow.
1: Or half, yeah, half, yeah. She also received two commissions including one from Claire Booth Luce. And she was a magazine editor uh, of Vanity Fair. Oh. Yeah. Um, She commissioned her to paint her friend, Dorothy Hale, who committed suicide. She Mm. was going to give the painting to Dorothy Hale's mother. Mm. And the painting wasn't what she thought it was going to be. She Uh thought it was going to be a portrait that her mother could hang on the back, like, you know, hang on the mantle. Uh Uh-oh. But it was... um, it was called the Suicide of oh, no. It was um, Dorothy had Dor- it was like this big building and had Dorothy on the balcony, uh, her falling to the ground, and then her lying on the bloody pavement.
2: Not something or, you want to hang on. So exactly, not something um, your mother would want to yeah, hang on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, down so. Down. Claire was like, she was going to destroy the painting, but some of her friends were like, No, don't do it. Don't it's Frida. It. Yeah. So. They convinced her not to destroy it. but
0: What happened to the painting then?
1: I don't know where it went. Let's just do a quick Quick, uh...
2: quick searchy search.
0: But Frida. <laughs> like. You knew she wanted to give it to her mother. And I don't think her mother would want to be
2: reminded of her daughter's suicide every morning. I don't
1: know if see. Uh... Maybe she didn't know that that was the
2: yeah. intention. That's true. Maybe. hmm
1: Frank crowning shield, crowned shield, and after he passed away, um, his son returned, returned it to Claire's family, and after that, the painting was left in storage for decades. Oh, wow. And then it was donated anonymously to the Phoenix Art Museum. Wow. So, huh. so we can go to Phoenix. Why Phoenix? Where was it? Pa-
2: it was painted when she was in Mexico, or where was she when she painted it? I think she was in New York. Oh. Well, that's odd. Yeah.
1: Well, also, like, at the time of the painting, or when during it was painted, she was going through the separation from Diego, Mm. Mm.
0: and so that would some more
1: sense now. Yes. So, it says that the painting may be a reflection of Frida's compassion for women who are driven to despair by male desertion. Yeah. Which, like, I that I'm bored with that analysis. I just. I don't like that. Like, i i don't know. It feels like those people are just like I so broke it, and I didn't want to kill myself and just like, yeah. Why are you defining yourself with a relationship? I agree.
0: I think that's also a very modern, yeah, true
2: thought process. Because when was this painted? What in, in the thirties?
1: 39.
2: Yeah. So I would say it's still very... No, 38. Sorry. But like... still very taboo to be divorced. Yeah. Or for someone like your husband to leave you. And it's still hard for women to work on their own. Mm-hmm. So and this is
1: depression era, too. Yeah. So. Yeah.
2: So I understand it more for that time, I guess.
1: Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I mean, like, I think... I think today,
0: like, there, yes, there's, like, the melodramatic stuff that we can kind of laugh at, but, like, I don't know, I think people still say who are just a little bit more sentimental as we might think about mm-hmm. them kind of still think that way just because it's it's kind of ingrained in, like, movies and, and literature and, you know, all these things yeah. that we consume. That I think there is still kind of the mindset of, well, what do I do now? Yeah. Like, here's my option.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think there's some people who do it when they're very early in a relationship and then it doesn't go well. Yeah. Like, if you've been dating someone for three months and you're like, like don't be that, Juliet. That's, yeah, exactly. Don't be Juliet.
0: I think you're but, 13 and stupid and you took a roofie from a priest. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> um, but, And you've you known know, him
0: for three days. That's if it's, what I think. If, <laughs> that's it's your, love.
2: if it's your husband of, like, 20 years or something, you know, something yeah, like, like, like that. Yeah, like, it's a little... It's Where a little you've different.
1: Built a life together. Yeah. That's
2: that's a different story. That's a little like.
1: different.
2: and for Frida, you know, having built this life with Diego and been with him this whole way.
0: And like and even you know, from really young saying, yeah. one day I'm gonna marry him. Yeah. It yeah. was
2: kind of that
1: and also like they she had two miscarriages as yeah. you well. Know? Like that's it's
0: a lot of history.
1: That's a, that's a lot. It's yeah. a lot of history. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, why I'm
0: on board with that analysis. Yeah.
1: It it makes sense. In 1939, she went to live in Paris for a time. She was um, invited by um, Andre Breton. Okay. Which is probably where she met Josephine Baker. Probably. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And she went,
0: damn. (laughs) (laughs) She's got a cute little button nose. She does. And then Josephine Baker was like, Damn.
1: So, um, she exhibit, exhibited some of her paintings and developed friendships with artists such as uh, Marcia, Marcel Duchamp and uh, Pablo Picasso. Oh,
2: that makes sense. Yeah. Duchamp is the one who did the – it's called The Fountain, I think, but basically he took a urinal and just, like – Yes. Yeah. No, wait. Yeah, I think – Is
0: it's...
1: that him? I think that was earlier. That sounds it's very, very Dadaist.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, maybe it was. it was Duchamp. Yeah, it might Double be. Double check.
1: Yeah, it's Duchamp. Yeah. Yep. I remember this because I What was year heard. was that? Because I remember seeing
2: something online that was like a urinal was ripped off the wall and it said Duchamp was here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it was um,
1: 1917. So, yeah, right in yeah. the beginning uh, okay, of the uh, yeah. Dadaist movement. Yeah. I remember reading and doing lots about Dada. Dadaism.
2: That's interesting. An interesting thing I hadn't thought about, I guess, is we've got World War One going on around that time, and we've got Dada going on, mm-hmm. and, and it just seems like that fits to me.
0: It, yeah, I think it's also the Dada leads into this like Lost Generation in Paris as well. Yeah. I think that's very interesting.
2: Mm-hmm. But anyway, we're all over the place a little bit with our history. <laughs> <then>. <laughs> but you know,
0: but it, it's interesting talking about. From a timeline aspect, right? Yeah. Like, you know, Frida's pain- painting during this time, and she's considered surrealist, but she's mm-hmm. making friends with these people
2: who are kind of all over the place yeah. as far as art. Like, have done Dada, maybe <clears throat> go more surreal. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting to place her and to talk mm-hmm. about where things intersect with her life. hmm Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because yeah. she,
2: she's living through... A very tumultuous time.
0: Yeah, this is
1: the year that her and Diego were divorcing.
0: Yeah. So, wow. Oof,
1: yeah. Um, but one of her paintings, it's called The Frame, um, which is just a portrait of herself in this, uh, she painted this very ornate frame.
3: Uh-huh.
1: It's beautiful. It was purchased by the Louvre, making it, making, yeah, the first work by a 20th century Mexican artist. Absolutely. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1941, she was commissioned by the Mexican government for five portraits of Mexican women, uh, but she was unable to finish the project.
3: Oh. Uh,
1: that year, she lost her father and she continued to have chronic health problems. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But despite these problems, her work continued to grow in popularity. In the year 1944, she painted one of her most famous famous portraits, which is called The Broken Column. And this is the one, he, um, it's naked, and she's split down the middle, uh-huh. and um, her spine is shattered like a column. Yeah. And she's wearing a surgical brace, and there's nails throughout her body, and she's like crying. The painting exp- obviously expre- um, expressed her physical pain and the challenges she had to uh, that she had uh, during this time she had a few surgeries and had to wear special corsets to protect her back
3: mm-hmm.
1: and she seeked lots of medical treatment for her chronic pain but nothing really worked uh, by 1950 her health was really declining she was diagnosed with gangrene in her right foot oof she was bedridden for nine months she had to stay in the hospital I had several surgeries yikes yeah oof okay was the right one the one that had atrophied yeah yeah Okay. <laughs> In 1953, she received her first solo exhibition in Mexico. Wow. They realized that she was, her days were numbered. (laughs) Gotta do this. now. Yeah. (laughs) Um, At the time, she was bedridden, and the doctors did not advise her to attend. Why? I don't know why. But so she arrived by ambulance, and they had a bed set up for her, and so she celebrated the gallery on the bed. That's amazing. Yeah.
2: They did this in Gilmore Girls, too, but it was her baby shower. Oh, my God. Yeah. She was, like, on bed rest because she had early contractions or whatever. I'm spoiling Gilmore (laughs) Girls for everyone. But, yeah, she had early contractions, so they, like, wheeled her bed to the the baby shower.
1: I think I saw part of that episode. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, a few months after this exhibition, part of her right leg was amputated to stop the gangrene. Uh, Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, At the Frida Kahlo Museum in Mexico, that's actually at uh, the Blue House. Yeah. There's actually like her prosthetic. Oh, wow. That's (laughs) really cool. Um, With her poor physical condition, she's also deeply depressed and even had an inclination for suicide. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, understandable. I understand that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Despite her health issues, she was still woke, politically active, all that kind of stuff. Um, she showed up to a demonstration against uh, the U.S.-backed overthrow of President Jacobo Ar- Arbenz of Guatemala on July 2nd. Oh, wow. Yeah. Probably in bed. Probably. <laughs> like in a wheelchair or something. Probably, yeah. yeah. Um, and that was her last public appearance. Oh, wow. So, yeah. On July 13th, 1954, Frida Kahlo died. The official cause of death was a pulmonary embolism, mm-hmm. but there are some rumors that uh, that say it was suicide yeah Mm -hmm. okay so at the end of her life she painted 143 paintings wow 55 of which were self-portraits
0: Jeez. and she started painting around like 18 right
1: i was no like even before even before that yeah like when i know i think yeah probably around 18 okay around then i think you know when she had polio i mean she was in the hospital for nine months right just you know done some painting or something yeah. creative but yeah i but I, yeah like i think it her career started when she was 18
0: got you okay
1: or she started painting seriously when she was 18 yeah how old was she when she died 47 okay
0: yeah that's a lot so of about a 30
2: year career
1: and that many
0: 144 mm-hmm. that's yeah. a lot mm-hmm. i think it's interesting because i when i think what i know about Frida, like, I do think of her
1: paintings with her like wearing her back brace. Mm -hmm. Um, talking about her back brace, so like, obviously, she had to wear back braces a lot. mm -hmm. Um, a lot of them were like plastered, like plastered, Mm -hmm. yeah, and she would paint those, yeah, yeah. But I guess,
0: like, when we talk about Frida, I think we talk about her in terms of like the intenseness of her work, but and the fact that she did have health problems, but I. I'm kind of curious to like, have you guys ever heard anyone talk about her in terms of like figure of art
1: with disabilities? No. Because uh, I because think like I, when I was doing your research was the first time I found out about her.
0: Hmm. Because her like injuries
1: I. And stuff.
0: I just realized like while we were talking about this, like I knew she had health issues. Yeah. But like, why don't we talk about her in terms of like being a figure for people yeah. who have similar health problems or who have. Mm-hmm. Um, illnesses that can be limiting to mobility.
2: Yeah.
0: Like, what do you
2: guys... I'm wondering if it's a... We have kind of this odd contradiction in what we like to talk about because we all sort of like this overcoming story. Yeah. But we also sort of don't talk about people with health issues being able to do things mm-hmm. so I feel like we sort of focus on oh they achieved so much and like if they had any illness it's sort of footnote or if we sure. talk about it it's sort of an overcoming story and we sure. don't really have the the thing in the middle which is let's recognize her as you know someone who had difficulties both physical and mental it sounds like yeah so you know with some of her, suicidal thoughts. Yeah. Um,
0: well, no, I mean, also so, just like the trauma of being in that much physical pain, Yeah, you know, it's also going to affect you mentally, but yeah. It, well, and the trauma of going through so many surgeries as well, I think, which is like another thing, right? Like we have people who live lives like that where they have to go under so many surgeries
3: mm-hmm.
0: and, and then, you know, have to kind of get on with life and we don't really talk about it. So I, I'm, Curious as to why we don't talk about her in that way, because I think we like a good underdog story. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, you know, these were the issues that she had to deal with, but despite that, here's what she accomplished. Mm-hmm.
2: I think that's an interesting choice of words. The despite.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because I was like, I, re- I remember I was watching some videos on to call it, people just talking about her, and they're just like, she was very strong. Yeah. She. I don't think that she like. She embraced her ill not h- illness but just her health issues. Yeah, her setbacks, you know, her health issues and stuff. And she, she embraced them, and then she expressed those through painting. Like you yeah. obviously, like she had a painting about like her miscarriages and stuff. Right. And, like it's it's very vulnerable, but she embraces them. That's what yeah. makes her strong. Like she doesn't is- like. Which
0: I guess is kind of like my point. Like, why yeah. don't we talk about that yeah. then? Yeah. Instead of just, wow, what
2: visual yeah. impact it has. I mean, people, yeah. Because if it was something she didn't really acknowledge at all, or she just kind of went on with her life, you it know, would make I more sense. see why we wouldn't talk about it, but it's a very big part of what she painted. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is like, I don't know why it's taken me this long to kind of look at that Mm -hmm. uh, just as we're talking about her now, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of like, where has this conversation been? Or is there a conversation happening at a different table that we've just not? I think
1: what it might have been, and I might be wrong and I might be stepping on lots of toes, but after she passed, about 15 years after, was the 70s, and that was. The hit a first wave feminism, yeah, and that's when she started getting popular again. Yeah, so maybe people saw her paintings as embracing femininity or you know which feminism. I, yeah, which, which I which, yeah, yeah, which I get, but it, it's um, it's more of it wasn't intersectional then. Yeah, 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 it wasn't like oh, she's expressing the pain that she felt, you know, about things that happened in her life. She's it. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, I get
0: what you mean. Yeah, yeah and but like today we are a little bit more intersectional. Yeah. I we're not perfect, obviously, but
2: mm-hmm.
0: why aren't we having that conversation?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like we're recognizing more of the crossroads, which is where the intersectional comes from, yeah. of, of things like gender and race, or gender
1: and you know uh, many other things. So reminds me of is. Mm-hmm. There's they're on um, Instagram. It's um it's called Drag Syndrome, okay. and it's these three drag performers that have Down syndrome. Oh, and it's really cool. They, uh, they come from the UK, and it's like they they rock. <laughs> yes, and it's a lot. And I I think that's kind of
0: yeah. That's amazing. Or, yeah. Also, really quick, there's a BBC show. Maybe it's not BBC. Maybe it's like Sky One. But it's called The Undateables. Yes, and I love this show yes we it is people with like any like different types of syndromes different i don't want to call them disabilities
2: um um like conditions or conditions like, yeah.
0: yeah that go to this matchmaking service that mm-hmm. matches people who like have other conditions yeah and it's so cute and i love it and these people are just the sweetest hmm and it makes me cry a lot. I've watched it at work on a weekend. And oh, somebody, yeah. I
1: remember watching it with you on weekends. Yeah.
0: There was – oh God. It was after you left, but I was watching it
1: at my desk, and um,
0: another person I worked with came up and was going to ask me something, but saw me crying, and they were like, are you okay? And I was like, they just found love. <laughs> and it really – like, love is an institution. But, like, this show is amazing. But anyway, getting back to our conversation. I think conversations like these are are coming up as Mm -hmm. far as how can we talk about people that we already know in different ways. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it's actually coming from children's books. Yeah. yeah. Because it's – which is really interesting to me, which is, like, also, like, yay, great way to raise a new generation who will be better than we are, right? But why –
1: have we? Why haven't we? Yeah. Why, why are we only really starting now?
0: Yeah, especially in terms of Frida Kahlo. Like, why don't we talk about her in terms of a condition? And kind of like the the despite thing. Like, I think the the word they've had these problems, but despite that, right? Like going back to that phrase, I think. That's what we latch onto or yeah. have latched onto in or, the past. Like, it's a,
1: it's a. I've come you know, over this. Yeah. I hadn't let it get to me. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. but it's a part of. Yeah. Like, she, yeah. I don't think yeah. she, like, I don't think she ever got over it. Yeah. Like, well,
0: no, that's not something you get over. No,
1: like, you embrace and it and yeah. you just accept it.
0: And maybe it's a thing of, like, the way our society comp- has comprehended it, you know, previously is just more along the lines of there there seems to be a sense of movement Mm -hmm. and and how we talk about our daily lives, right? Like, oh, I'm, I'm wasting time. I've got to go, uh, you know, any kind of like, but I think there's this sense of momentum in our society of like, we want to overcome things. We, like I said, we like a good underdog story, but this like for people who don't quote-unquote get over it and deal with it for the rest of their lives <laughs> I think is like like people can quote-unquote beat cancer
1: yeah do
0: you know what I mean but
2: mm-hmm. there's always the fear of remission or yeah it. but yeah. there's
0: always that fear but I think it's the way we talk about it like yeah oh they beat it and it's like well but there are some things that you can't yeah there are some things that you have to live with
1: or like if some people like they die because of cancer what now they're losers Have you
0: heard the phrase, like, they've lost their fight with cancer?
1: Yeah.
0: And it's just like, like, well, no, like, their bodies were sick. What do you mean? So, I mean, in terms of, like, well, no, their bodies were sick. Let's not talk about it. That they didn't do enough to fight cancer, Mm -hmm. you know?
3: Yeah.
0: But anyway... I don't know, it's just kind of shocking to me that we're not talking about her in terms of a figure that people could look to for mm-hmm. disabilities or conditions.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because some people will fight with things for their entire life, you know, fight with things. That's how we always talk about it. But yeah. It's really just, you know, there's certain things you never really get over or it might yeah. be like a chronic condition. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I think we need to reframe how we talk about those things because sometimes we we all like the story of, you know, little engine that could. Yeah. You know, whatever, yeah. you just keep trying and you'll get over it. Yeah. And it'll be better. And sometimes it's not that way. So. Yeah.
0: And like this is a, this also isn't to say like how we've talked about her legacy. Mm-hmm previously is wrong. I think there just needs to be an addition yeah, to it yeah. now because yeah. we can talk in intersectional terms I think yeah. a little bit easier
1: now. Well, yeah, that's also just that con- the conversation about it because I mean, even I said a hundred years ago, people with disabilities, they were just put away. Yeah. yeah. So,
0: yeah, you know, which I think like, I think it's kind of like our conversation about mental health, right? Like it's come a long way there's still mm-hmm. a long way to go, I think we we talk about people who have certain conditions in a certain way,
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, and I think that is changing.
3: Yeah,
0: I like. I don't, I don't know where my train of thought is yeah. going, but um, I was going to say something else too about. Um, she had polio. She yeah. got over
1: polio. Why are we talking about that?
0: Yeah, it, it was. I remember it was going to be the phrase um, "get over," like fight with. Yeah. Um, it reminded me of that book that we read for our anime class, The Metaphors.
2: Metaphors We Live By.
0: Metaphors We Live By. Mm-hmm. I don't
2: remember the author right now. Yeah, it was two authors, I think, and yeah. they're really into neuroscience. Yeah. Like, that side of things.
0: Um, but it was really, it's a really interesting look at it. And the first two chapters specifically really hit me about how we talk about time and money. Yeah.
2: Um, we're running out of it we're like, running out of it yeah. and it's
0: a commodity that we can uh-huh. lose and I, I that really struck me and i was just kind of reminded about that when we were talking about the fight with a certain disease or stuff like that i think that might be an interesting I if you're interested in that kind of conversation to
1: think about yeah do you have a suggestion of what we should use or what we could use instead of that that's the hard part, yeah. I feel
2: like, because we're so used to saying it one way that it's yeah. difficult to reframe that completely. Yeah, not. but it's not impossible. Yeah,
0: not impossible. It's just difficult to reframe it, and reframe it for a society as a whole. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, I mean, you could take anything, if we're going to be talking about intersectionality, you could mm-hmm. take anything that kind of fits on that thing, and there's going to be somebody who's like, well, but we didn't call it that back in my day. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so there's always going to be people. It's a that gradual, are like, It's a gradual change. That's a
2: really good question, Sally. I've heard sometimes dealing with or living with.
0: I like the but term "living with" yeah. um, because it it does it has more of a ring to it that like yeah, I'm living. still alive. Yeah. And I'm I have a life and I do
3: things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Dealing with it. It, seem, longer, it's,
1: it yeah. seems more like a burden. You know, yeah. It dealing with and it? like it
0: absolutely is a burden. Like let's not yeah. take that away
1: from people either. Exactly,
0: right. Like, like it's
2: a struggle. But yeah. you can still live your life. And I think that's what's important yeah, about Frida is that yeah. she did have all these struggles and they were many and painful. and Yeah. You know, but she still was able to have this career yeah. and this lasting impact on... You know how we think about art and mm-hmm.
1: art history. And yeah,
0: and, yeah, so. which I think is like just a really good conversation to at
1: least
0: hopefully be able to start.
1: Yeah, and I think um, that's what we're doing right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. look
0: at us. Look at us. Yeah, leading leaders of society. <laughs> you <laughs> no couldn't even not. get it
2: out. Without
0: no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think that'd be an interesting update to Frida's legacy. Mm-hmm. And I'd
2: love love to hear from maybe people who are disability advocates or Mm -hmm. that's that's their field and their specialty. And because I feel like they're already having some of these conversations, maybe not about her specifically, and how we should go forward. um, Because I think that's sort of a group of people that we don't talk about as much as we should when it comes to intersectionality. We talk about race a lot, which is a good thing. Yeah. But also, talk about gender to, a lot, yeah. sexuality a lot. Yes. All those things are getting talked about more and more, but I feel like sometimes disability is something we still don't consider or talk about or think yeah. about. Mm-hmm. Which is like I,
0: yeah, like I kind of said earlier, like, I think it's kind of along the same lines of how we talk about mental health mm-hmm. is the same way we talk about people with disabilities. Like, it's yeah. come a long way, but, but it's really still on. not. it's
1: still kind of pushed down the Yeah, Yeah.
0: absolutely, and I think it's something that we definitely should be talking a lot more about because people are living with conditions that are very difficult, but they have amazing lives, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, I don't know. I I think it's just a – and I guess it also comes back to, like, this idea of two things, curating your Mm self-identity and also – Finding a historical figure that you can identify with.
2: Yeah. Which we've talked which about. Which we've mm-hmm. talked
0: about both topics. But I think particularly for Frida, she she intersects at both of those mm-hmm. things, right? Yeah.
2: Like, Well, and she intersects all the things we've just mentioned. So, number one, she's a woman. Gender. Number two, she's from Mexico, Latina. Like, mm-hmm. she, that, she has that identity. Um, she does live with these chronic conditions. Yep. And also, as we've seen from her lovers, her sexuality is fluid. Know? Yeah. I would say. Yeah. So yeah. she is
1: at a lot of these intersections. Yeah. I would say. So.
2: Which is like, oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Frida. I also
1: have another question. Okay. It's also it's very lighthearted. Do you think she started the trend of flower crowns?
0: One hundred percent.
2: I don't know if she started it, but I she, think she made did. it iconic. I,
1: yeah, she. It was. I think she was. A, it was a lot like uh, Little Edie, where like after she died, she became a fashion icon.
0: Yeah, I do think in a modern setting, Frida inspired the fro- flower crowns,
1: mm-hmm. which also I think was why I also like the movie Midsummer. <laughs>
2: There's so many flower crowns. I think we. I don't know if this is gonna fit in the episode because it doesn't really have to do with much, but like, what, what made humans want to put a ring of flowers around their head? Pinterest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, more modernly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, but um, I mean, initially, I
0: like, think it's aesthetic. Yeah. I think humans have always been driven by aesthetics,
2: mm-hmm.
0: personally. Um, I think we look at them and say, those are really pretty. I want to own it. What if and it some, becomes like a commodity. Yeah, what if
1: someone was like, oh, I put this flower in my hair. Oh, I'm just crafty. I'm braiding these flowers. <laughs> the first
2: the Pinterest. I,
1: said, I think
2: you summed up the entire history of the world, maybe. This is pretty. I want to own it. Mm-hmm. At least the history for a lot of a things. A lot of things. Yeah, so. yeah, a lot of wars. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> um, and I would maybe not,
2: well, possibly some indigenous history because there was oh, 100%. 100%. There. I, I would suggest,
1: but, this is on Netflix, watch Latin History for Morons.
2: Yeah. It's John
0: Mogazama's one-day okay. show. And this it, is episode eight, and we've talked about him eight episodes.
1: No. Maybe so. seven. But, but still, like, <laughs> when you're talking you cannot that, like, talk about cannot talk about
0: Ti long Fu right now. I'm
1: not you're the one okay. that brought it up. You brought it up. No, no, I'm just I saying did not utter the words of the title of that movie.
3: She still has
1: it. I still have it. Okay. But as long
0: as you don't, we're fine. Okay. What about John Leguizamo?
1: He was the new movie. <laughs> um <laughs> but you were talking about um uh, it's pretty I want it. He yeah. talked about that a lot.
0: Yeah, that yeah.
1: And I, I was just...
0: For, in Latin history for morons.
1: It's really good. And the show's really funny. And it's... I, I learned a lot, even as um, a Latina myself.
0: I learned a lot as a not-Latina who mm-hmm. wants to respect other people's cultures. Yeah.
2: I've watched it probably, like, five times on Netflix. I love it so much. It's so, it's so good. good. I started watching She's it just yesterday. just so
0: engaging. Like, as... Yes. A, like, let's put story aside for right now, which is, like, also really important. But, like, as a performer... John Leguizamo is so engaging, yes, that like you do not want to look away.
2: Mm-mm. And one person shows are so difficult. They're so difficult. I took a class on that, and it's so it's very very hard. He did one man shows like
0: back in the day as well. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I feel like he's up there with like Eric Bogosian.
0: Like, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Up there.
0: Um, God, can you imagine him doing a two man show?
1: That would oh, be the, <gasps> the them, most intense them, show. Them doing the odd couple.
0: <laughs> oh my
1: God. <laughs> but I remember you you just said, you want, it was like, oh yeah, I learned a lot as a Latina. And you're like, I learned a lot just as someone wanting to respect someone's culture. Yeah. And that I thought of like, a lot of people are like cultural appropriation. That's a big phrase. Mm, big yeah, phrase. yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I just want to open up this question. Like, I'm
0: so excited for this question. I don't yes. know what it's going to be, but I'm so, so excited for this, it.
1: This is what really boggles oh, my mind. So there is a, like cultural appropriation, which yes. like I totally understand. But when does cultural appreciation or embracing someone's culture become yes. a cultural appropriation? Because like this is America. Like I'm like I don't know. Like, I'm as someone that who is mixed. Mm-hmm. I'm just embracing everyone's culture and that because this is America and that's what makes it cool.
2: See, I think it's a question of who benefits and who are we celebrating. Okay. Because, yeah. like, one of the examples I'll use is braids and things like that. Mm-hmm. So you see a lot of black communities that that's really prevalent. Um, they have the different kinds of braids and things, mm-hmm. but they're looked down on for that style. And then you get, like...
0: My Cyrus,
2: Yeah, someone else like on it. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, yeah. So I think it's a question yeah. of, you know, you can appreciate things, but appropriation I think is when you take it and say, oh, this is mine now, mm-hmm. and everyone's gonna appreciate me for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the original thing you took it from yeah. is something that's still looked down on and those people who do that are looked yeah. down yeah. on. Yeah, whatever.
0: which like this is a thing that white people have been doing for yeah. centuries. I literally was just reading about this for class. There was, uh, it was a very interesting article called Strange and Gross Things, and it talks mm-hmm. about cultural rehearsal.
3: Okay.
0: Specifically, this scholar, I believe his name is Stephen. I'll link it. I can link the article title. The scholar was looking at encounters with strangeness, mm-hmm. or what he calls um, like a s- spectacle of strangeness, something like that. Um, and he very cleverly takes his audience from, like, the Wonder Rooms mm-hmm. um, of Germany that would come to, like, England, and they'd have these, these Wunder Cabinets. But um, takes that and, like, people's fascination with collecting odd things, transitions it into the first interaction with Caliban and a human in The Tempest. Mm-hmm. Um, And then takes us into a French village who imported an entire, I think, Brazilian village that was part of their French occupation. And they brought indigenous people and they rebuilt the village in France outside of the Royal Palace. Mm -hmm. And they had a rehearsal um, so it was, like, that, it was like
1: those colonial things that are like you know it's like we're gonna visit like oh how's it gonna be yeah like like, the, like a colonial space. village like yeah. a historical village like people would take field trips there yes
0: but yeah. here's also what happened is the rehearsal ended with burning down the village and this like appropriation of I want to learn about your culture but I'm also burning it down oh, and you now live here in, in France
2: there's also a question of you know because I took that course in in Jewish art and architecture which is mm-hmm. really very interesting yeah. but when you put categories on things like oh this is Jewish art mm-hmm. or this is African art mm-hmm. or, and the art world does this a lot is why I'm talking mm-hmm. about it you put it in its separate category that says this is something different from our art, you know, mm-hmm. like Western art or whatever
1: it is. Oh, you know? like like uh, going back to Latin uh, it was like a Latin history for morons. Like hi, Latin art is considered folk art. Yeah. yeah, European art is considered fine art. Like no, yeah. it's all the same it's thing. All... It's art. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and, and yeah. some things that are considered folk or things like that, I just look at it and I go, "Do you have any idea how long this would have taken someone to do?" Yeah, and I just yeah. that. It, it, that's why it bothers me. I think is because we say, "Oh, our work is fine art."
1: Yeah, and I think mm. I I get what you're saying. Yeah, I think. Well, like as humans, we we want to organize things in category and pigeonhole things. Absolutely, mm-hmm. but I feel like we need to change the naming conventions to where folk art doesn't sound as barbaric. Or like sound le- sounds it's like sounds like macaroni art, yeah. And then you repeat, you know, like fine art sounds like you're you think, yeah,
0: you know. yeah, yeah. I agree. I 100 percent agree. And I sorry, I'm going to go back to the same article because it reminded me of looking at Inuit art at mm-hmm. the DMA, mm-hmm. and it's considered folk art, but it's clumped in with Mayan and Aztec art. But that's and it's, it's like you're no. from two different parts of the world. Why are you? Cause it's all indigenous Here. Is, would be the indigenous biggest, art. Yeah, it is on the indigenous. top level. Yeah. It's one of my favorite places to walk around. Mm-hmm. Like it's so that. cool, <laughs> but it, it got me thinking about another point in this article that the scholar was trying to make of his assertion was that people in Elizabethan England couldn't tell the difference between spectacle on stage and spectacle in real life so there was another moment of explorers bringing back i'm going to call them eskimo because that's what they were called in the historical record of this incident okay they probably weren't eskimo they were from a different part of the world (laughs) but they were called eskimo um i would call them inuit
2: just so we're clear like that that is used as a slur a lot of the time yes. now. Mm-hmm. There is, I think, an actual there's specific a tribe. There's an Eskimo tribe. Yeah. But so but just so we're perfectly clear on it's everything. It's like
0: there's, there's indigenous Americans mm-hmm. who were Cherokee or Sioux or Blackfoot. They were tribes. Inuit is a category where Eskimo is a subcategory. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, okay. But we call them. That, and that's the problem of it. You kind of yeah. assign it, a name to a big there's, category. It's people. a different yeah. – it's, it's different. Yeah. But
0: anyway, so in the historical record, they are referred to as Eskimo, even though that is not the tribe they were from. Hmm. But it was a couple who was brought from their native homeland, put on a boat, and were set in the middle of the Thames River.
3: Hmm.
0: And they just stayed there. And they were a show. And the point that I think the author doesn't quite get to is for that couple, they knew the difference.
1: Well, yeah.
0: Um, and I think this is a problem when we even look at scholarly research, like we're looking at it through the Western gaze of, okay, so maybe Elizabethan England didn't know the difference between spectacle on stage and spectacle of strangeness in real life. But that couple on the boat sure did. Yeah, and why don't why don't we talk about that?
1: It was essentially like a human zoo. Yeah, but but it's like the same thing wor- where we
0: took Filipino kids and stuck them in a zoo here. Yeah, not that many years ago. Yeah, and they were a sideshow.
1: Yeah, like it's more like sideshow because as someone who works for a zoo, that's definitely not.
0: Yeah, yeah, but that's a different. And thing. I and I think I sorry I'm having I'm having a lot of thoughts again, but I I think that's where we get this appropriation, right? It's like Mm -hmm. we we keep looking at it through this Western white gaze Mm -hmm. where we assume everyone thinks that way. And we assume everyone is on the same plane is in the same playing book on the same page. Yeah. But it's like, no, there's other things happening. Like there's so much more history to be involved with than just through this Western gaze. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like where, I'm trying to find my own footing in my research. Like, how do I talk about things without being kind of stuck in that same pigeonhole, I guess?
3: Mm
0: -hmm. I don't know. Sorry, that was a lot. No, But it it kind of dealing with appropriation, I think that's where it's coming from. Like, white people Mm -hmm. have been doing this for
1: eons. Eons.
0: Anyway. Do you guys have anything to add to that, please? So I don't... You sound like I'm ranting and raving. <laughs> like you're just
1: like someone say something. Shut yeah. me up.
2: Someone please talk.
1: Yeah.
2: I'm not sure.
1: <laughs>
3: I think.
2: I mean, like you were saying, like who does it benefit and why? Yeah, that's a good question to ask for a lot of things. <laughs> yes. Who is benefiting in a situation? Yeah. Yeah, but I think okay. So I guess maybe what I the bridge, we'll call it. Yeah. Like, back I don't to think, appropriation. I don't
0: think I got quite to the bridge because okay. my brain jumped ahead. Yeah. And was like, Ashley. <laughs>
2: so as far as these exhibitions, we'll call them that, yeah. I guess, because that's what they were called at the time. And like, there were world exhibitions that yes. like, this happened yeah. too. Yeah. So that, to the people putting it on, is seen as a performance. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like that's to take it back to appropriation there's this performative aspect of when we take things, you know, and whether it's like the white person themselves performing this thing or they're making someone else do it. Yeah. There's that kind of very uncomfortable performative element Mm -hmm. to it for the person who is not, from that group of people. It's for a different person's benefit.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: I mean, I think we could talk about like a native American headdress at Coachella versus what they're actually meant for in different tribes. Yeah. And one of them being as a tribute to warriors yeah. who yeah. returned from war, who are even today still yeah. given that as part of
1: their mm-hmm tribe yeah. it, you said oh gosh you said the, the headdress and it reminds i just watched um the producers and there's a, a number <laughs> called oh "Keeping gay and at the yeah. very end the village people come out and yeah. one of the guys is like in a headdress and the theater person meet in me and i'm just like oh the pageantry yeah. oh and i'm like and i was like i want to wear it i want to but i'm just like also like that's culturally insensitive, but I also but, want my share moment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. But like I, I think that's my point. Like where is where is appreciation for beauty and culture? Like this is coming back to your original question. Where is where is appreciation for beauty in a different culture and oh it's pretty and I want to own it? Mm-hmm.
1: Like where
2: is the line that divides that?
1: Mm-hmm. I
2: think a lot of the time, let's talk about headdresses specifically. Okay. Yeah, I think a lot of the time that's sort of a very ceremonial, very special yes. thing. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, that seems like something you maybe shouldn't touch. Yeah, things that are either like sacred or ceremonial or very important.
1: I How think do a lot you feel the time,
2: about the the bendy? Bendy. See. I think, it again, it's it's a very specific thing, and if you're not a part of that culture engaging in that directly, then mm-hmm. maybe don't.
0: Because I do you remember for, like, a long time, probably when we were teenagers, mm-hmm. they would sell, like, body jewels, at like, Claire's yeah. or Isaac, um, yeah, yeah. and girls would wear them, and it's like, but you don't, but you don't know what that, what means. that culturally yeah. means. yeah. yeah. That's not always my problem with it. Yeah. They're beautiful. I love them. I always want to wear one because they're
3: beautiful,
0: right? Yeah. Like there's something aesthetically pleasing about it, but I don't understand what it actually I, I understand me? what culture they're coming from, but yeah. I don't understand its significance.
1: Yeah. What if I just put a lot of stickers on my face?
0: Is that just me being... That's absent? us creating our own
2: cultural <laughs>
1: that's <laughs> appreciation. Just me, that's just me being a dumb-dumb. <laughs> me being so. a ding-dong.
2: But I think where you get actual appreciation is when you try to do things that are either historically accurate, mm-hmm. you know, things like that, or you look into that culture, or you know someone in that culture who wants to share that with or you. Or you can go to cultural festivals. Yeah. There's always yeah, yeah happening. Like Um, And you learn about the culture. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think... Speaking of
0: which, in November, there's going to be a Korean festival. And I'm so excited. And we have to go. There's going to be traditional and contemporary Korean food. There's going to be dancing. There's going to be arts and crafts.
2: I'm so excited. Ashley's been watching a lot of Korean TV. Mm -hmm. I love Korea. (laughs) I really want to go to Seoul, but
0: I also want to go to the countryside Mm -hmm. because it's beautiful. Yeah. And I want to meet people and have them tell me I speak terrible Korean. Mm
1: -hmm. I also like, talking about festivals and things like Mm -hmm. that, I feel like also... With that talk of cultural appreciation and stuff, I feel like people, some people are like, no, this is my culture. This is only mine. Only I can. Gatekeeping. Yeah, only I can keep. I'm just like, I I acknowledge it. Like, that's, well, we should all, like, share it with everybody, right? This might be a
0: really good time to talk about the medieval studies thing. Yes.
2: So, as far as, and I understand that impulse to maybe gatekeep especially if people have appropriated things yeah and that's maybe where that's coming from yeah and so i understand that i mean it's kind of I, like being in a new relationship
0: and then kind of taking it out on a new relationship of like why didn't you text me back were you with someone else you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. it's kind of like
2: that a little bit but you don't want to same get hurt time, like you can't blame that person for that I'll call it baggage, I guess, yeah. because since we use relationship terms, you yeah. can't blame the person for that. I feel like, and maybe that's the time to have a conversation about what about it bothers them. I'm not yeah. really sure, and it, maybe it depends on the person. But yeah, I would say. I, probably. I guess I I understand that sort of gatekeeping sometimes, um, I, but I do think that also sharing culture is important, and and sharing it on that person's terms. Like if yeah. you're a yeah. part of that culture. Then I think it should be on your terms how you want to share it and um, have other people engage in it. And yeah, and like I that. and I think yeah. sharing
1: cultural people or like bringing other people into your culture, it creates less animosity between people. Absolutely, it makes yeah. To play. It's just it, think. It, um, that's why really big cities like Dallas and Austin. That's why every it's so great because I mean. Everyone lives on top of each other. You going to learn, you know. You learn to cohabitate. Yeah.
0: And kind of going off of that, like, I think there's, especially here in America, like, we want to call ourselves a melting pot. I Yeah. Where the American dream of anybody can succeed, but there's also gatekeeping involved. There's also systematic oppression involved, which I don't want to get into. There are certain things that we kind of put as American ideals Mm -hmm. that we're not dealing with. And I, I know, think yeah, one I of them is cultural. Like if you are learning about cultural differences to appreciate, it also helps yes. you not hate
1: people. That it reminds because they're a, people. It reminds me of a joke that was made on.
0: Oh God, I got community.
1: Roasted. Okay, okay, community. Um and um Chevy Chase's character, I forgot what his name was. He's just like, I don't care what color you are as long as you act white. It's that kind of. Oh!
2: Oh my god. I I mean but that's I mean that's what some people uh, really think. I is. don't believe that at all. No. That's a terrible thing to no. say. god, it I, I terrible, just cringe like, so hard I think yeah. I pulled something in my back.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I I mean like I I mean yeah obviously it was it's very cringy, but just yeah. I thought it was also very funny. <laughs> but like it, but it, 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 it is it so is because true. it's in a
0: comedy show, but there's people that think like
1: that. Yeah. I know. And that's I mean, yeah. it's a comedy show. Yeah. But See, and I just okay, really I'm sad. gonna, And that really, because, like, thinking on that track, back in, what, the 60s? Mm-hmm. Like, my dad, my dad's Hispanic. Mm-hmm. And um, growing up, like, they were, it was very frowned upon to speak Spanish,
3: mm-hmm.
1: especially in the 60s. Like, he grew up around San Antonio. It's very strong Hispanic community or Latin community. Yeah. And he didn't learn Spanish. Like his mom didn't teach him Spanish. She was like, "You have to learn English." And like you're,
2: yeah, um, yeah. And
1: his aunt, his aunt Margie, she's very fair skinned. Like obviously with him being Mexican, there's German, and um, she's very fair skinned, and she looked Anglo. And um, so she was able to like get a really nice job. She was like a flight attendant. This was in the '60s. Mm. But anyways, um, so like my dad didn't really learn. Spanish or any anything about, like he learned some stuff about you know his uh, Latin culture obviously growing up, mm-hmm. uh, but he moved to Panama when he was in his late like, teens mm-hmm. and like that's when he learned Spanish was being immersed in there yeah but, yeah and would, so yeah. that that really uh, it was that impression of like yeah. Like, if you you don't actually like it you not speak the right English, and
2: I want to talk about maybe African American vernacular English too, mm. because yeah. a lot of people see that as like a lesser English, but it but it has not. its own rules. Yeah. You know, it is a, a language as some yeah. type of I think was English. In the, it, in they also
0: it? possess this ability to—is it called code switching?
2: Yes, code switching. Not? Yes. Yeah. So, um, a lot of people have. Sort of, if they speak AAVE, they can switch into, you know, I guess, I don't know if we'd call it standard American. I'm not, that even oh God, sounds wrong. I hate to me. that. Yeah, but I'm not sure what, I, I, I don't I, even know what I've seen it called. I speak
0: white person. But even I don't speak it real good sometimes.
2: <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, well, and also it it happens with accents too, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And particularly yeah. southern or appalachian or yeah. oh yeah. I- anything that's sort of that deep accented you'll it's get outside kind of those of areas and yeah, it's yeah. it's very and you know, or, and my mother Or
0: it's the other way and it's quaint.
2: Yeah, and, yeah. Oh, you're so cute. Yeah. Oh and my see, God. Like with my mother, she tried really hard to get more neutral. Yeah. And then really regretted it because mm. you know. So. And I fear, your mama got there, an So on her. She, okay. <laughs> uh, I will say that she she told me you know I, I went through this process of getting it more neutral and I think she's been sort of doing doing the. Doing the the opposite track, going back Mm -hmm. to, and, you know, she was back in Alabama for a little bit recently, and I think that did a lot of it, too, is being back. So, yeah, I would say with accents are definitely a thing, and, like, you were talking about Spanish and A-A-V-E, Mm -hmm. and so there's sort of this idea, if you don't speak, quote-unquote, the right English, yeah, then... You're somehow lesser or not yeah. as capable, and that's just not
1: true. Yeah. I speak ding dong. <laughs> I speak doidoy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a, I, uh, I'm familiar We're, with it. We have some similarities, yeah. I think, between um, ding dong
0: and doidoy. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: and, and it's a and it's derivative of flim flam. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they all came from the flim
0: flam man. Yes. Yeah. So oh who's the snow? Is, so the snake oil? It, yeah. But I'm a fan, man. Yeah. Did
2: you Did you want me to talk about the what's happening in the medieval history community right now? That's it. Yes, medieval studies. Okay, girl. So some shit went down <coughs> on some Twitter this drama week. Happened. Okay. And I didn't. It's amazing. I okay. I need to get more active on Twitter. Listen, you need to get I more active. Find on the this
0: historian's thread on Twitter, girl. Oh my god.
2: So here's what happened. I came across this. It was a news story. And basically there was there's different organizations for people who study like the Middle Ages, Medieval Times. Mm -hmm. And one of those organizations was not the restaurant. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 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 People said I was like,
1: question, field trip, could we go to Medieval
0: Times? Yes, of course we can, because I will always go watch Knights Joust and
1: try to catch a rose from them. I've always I've come across and, a handful of guys on dating apps that were are knights or squires on at medieval times. What? I've I think of I want to date a knight. They're chivalrous they're handsome they so, joust they have a horse. Like them. Them. It sounds like we need to go to Scarborough Fair or Texas Renaissance
0: Festival. I'm down for either also, I've met Maya, who's one of the Falcons at Medieval Times here in Dallas, and she is a lady. So, and I got to pet her.
2: Here's, <laughs> here's my question: okay. what if They're not like that in real life. Then you dump them. Just don't date them in the first place. But
1: how am I supposed to know if I don't? If I need to date a knight. Yes, that has a dog. Obviously, but they also have a horse.
2: Okay, so I want to talk about the medieval drama that went down on Twitter. Okay. So before cool. that, before that I found this news article. And so one of the things I'm interested in is Arthurian legends and that sort of thing. So I'd been considering maybe going towards medieval studies. So I you know, it piques my interest when I see anything. Which yeah. is, you know, not all the time, but yeah. sometimes. So I was reading this article and one of the organizations that is for researchers and academics, professors, things, um, for medieval studies. I'm trying to remember what it was called previously. It was something like International Society for Anglo-Saxonists, which I'm saying that because it's what was said. But the whole thing was about that term Anglo-Saxonist recently has been used in very racist circles. I think we can call it what it is. White supremacist circles. Yeah. White supremacist circles. And so there's this whole thing about people who are white supremacists trying to claim things like, Viking history or this medieval history.
0: Can I say my one thing when you told me about this? Yeah. And I. <laughs> Kate Beth was talking to me about this, and I literally screamed at her. I was like, I just want them to leave one thing alone for me. Yeah. They touch everything.
1: Yeah. I was like, I love Viking history. We are aware we did watch Midsummer together.
2: Well, anyway, so they're trying to claim these things as part of their false narrative that you know white people are better is their whole mm. deal. Okay, so there are several problems with this. The first of which <laughs> Okay, so Where do we want to start on that? Where this? should we start? So you first know. So first of all, I guess let's say Vikings. Uh-huh. You know, they're kind of sailing around the world and all of that. And pillaging. they Yeah, pillaging, doing their thing, which is, you know, that which is problematic in its own yeah, right. Yeah. But, like, but they're bringing back all different kinds of people <laughs> back with them. And so, this idea that they're a perfectly white society and it's only white people. Is, and it's all, so false. Yes. It is and so false. It's the same for the Middle Ages and yeah, the medieval period. And people think of it as oh, it's all about Europe and worldwide. Because that's what we see. Yeah. But we don't see like Islam
0: in Spain in the Middle Ages. Like we don't see that.
2: Well and there's other things going on globally. Yeah. Yeah. So the field for a long time has been defined by this sort of white narrative
3: mm-hmm.
2: and whether people did that consciously or just sort of, that's what they fell into. You mm-hmm. know, I'm not here to talk about that, really, no. but it's been mostly white researchers doing mostly white history mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're getting some people who are coming up who are people of color who want to look into things like race during the middle ages yeah. Which is a very interesting, topic, it's very I interesting think, topic. And even when I talked about Elizabethan times, yeah.
1: um, it was the 45th Academy Awards, and Marlon Brando declined the Best Actor Award for his performance in The Godfather. Mm-hmm. Um, it said that uh, he was boycotting the ceremony in protest of Hollywood's portrayal of Native Americans and to draw attention to the standoff at Wounded Bean.
2: So, yeah, yeah anytime you that. have a
0: platform. That you can and, kind of step back from and yeah, allow uh, someone uh, else to mm-hmm. step up. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of advocating for others and then stepping back. Mm-hmm. Letting them <clears throat> I'm
1: going to use my <laughs> um, I'm going to use my probably to give you the platform.
0: Like I. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We had mm-hmm. another really thorough debate.
2: Yeah. This is like a it was almost like a Frida to get us warmed up. Yeah, and then we got into the deep, you know, the deeper historical ramifications. Well, and also the the issues that we see. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think that, that kind of starts with Frida and how we talk about her. Yeah, but it goes into every part of history, really. Yeah, and something we need to be working towards. Mm-hmm. So. And I feel like our episodes are getting more and more like this. Like we have the yeah. person, but then we also talk about mm-hmm. the wider, you know, what history needs to be doing or where it needs to be going. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It is interesting that we kind of like zoom in on one person and then throughout the episode we kind of like get this wider wider angle lens on everything. Yeah. It's like, what are yeah. the ramifications of this person? Yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. haven't thought about that.
1: But I think it's something that needs to be talked about.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. All right. Is there anything else we want to say about Frida?
1: Vaccinate your kids.
0: Absolutely. Well, yeah. Don't let your kids get polio. Because, Don't be
1: Well, and
2: just think about it, because there were some kids that, you know, it started to shut down their lungs and things like that. So easily it could have been, you know, there we didn't people- get anything from Frida. She could have died when she was six, yeah. you know? So. I mean, there's still – a
0: handful of people living in iron lungs from yeah. polio. Mm-hmm. like.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, there aren't really that many people who know how to work. Or fix them, right? them. Yeah. yeah. I was yeah. watching like a, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have we all watched the same yeah. thing? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. yeah.
0: That's interesting. <laughs> we should put that on here, I guess, as well. Yeah. So, well, but, maybe
2: just a wrap up of her legacy and where we are, I think. Because we've talked like wider historical. So maybe yeah. let's bring it back. I guess. For me, Frida is someone who, when I first looked into art history, she was a figure that I thought was really interesting. I thought her art was interesting. Mm -hmm. So that's my own, like, Frida's personal, like, legacy on me, Mm -hmm. I guess.
0: I mean, mine was, yeah, like, looking into – I was very interested in art, um – when I was younger and still am, obviously, but it was kind of the first woman I had seen named.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, that was among like the greats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was very interesting for me. And I remember buying, not me buying, but going to Barnes and Noble's with my mom after one of my art classes and having her buy me a Van Gogh book, but also a Frida Kahlo book. Mm-hmm. I was, like, 11-ish, 12, maybe, like, mm-hmm. flipping through these art, like, a coffee book style yeah. Yeah. of Frida's paintings and just, like, really taking it in and um, I think trying to find something that I could identify with with her, yeah, um, yeah. even as a child, um, because she was the first woman I had seen really named. Yeah. And, and I I've, think that's my personal legacy mm-hmm. with her.
1: Yeah. I would say the same with me as well, but I've also, as of late, I would say the past – at least five years she's made a comeback oh yeah yeah and i think it's just with that new wave of feminism that we're seeing yeah
0: um, i would also say the new a uh, new wave of proud latin history
1: yeah yes um, I think that is a lot it's
0: of very it. special
1: mm-hmm. yeah 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 all right
0: so we want to wrap up wow We covered a lot, you guys. No, I'm exhausted. Yeah, same. But thank you all so much for listening. I hope you were able to keep up with some of my
2: rambling. (laughs) So (laughs) make sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those places we are at, Legendary Lasses. And if you have any suggestions on topics or people you want us to cover, you can email us, and that's legendarylasses at gmail.com. You can also
1: send our DMs. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, you can
2: also visit our website, and that's legendarylasses.wordpress.com. And that's where we include all of our notes, any pictures, links that we talk about. Um, for each episode, we'll be adding things on our website that you can look at. We're a couple episodes behind. Yeah, we're working on it. We're working on it. But um, eventually, all those links will be posted there. And we're now on several platforms. We're continuing to expand where our podcast is available. If you do happen to use Apple Podcasts or any other uh, platform that uses rating, please be sure to rate us, leave us a review.
1: Um, that really helps us out. And yeah, five stars, no more, no less, and tell us and just be like, Sally's the greatest. <laughs> you can't threaten people into <laughs> rating. I'm us. not threatening. I'm just telling them to. It
0: sounded an awful lot like a I'm threat. Just,
1: I'm not threatening. I'm just. I'm being a being forced um, persuasive is a, the word I would say suggesting okay Okay. I gave us five rate, a five star rating so did I, but team. I don't think that counts No,
2: but we should oh, have yeah, two def- ratings definitely rate us um, let us know what you think and um, even if you don't have something like Apple Podcasts or a, a different platform that has that rating system go ahead and email us or send us a message on Facebook we still want to hear what you think and you can tell me that cake is better than pie no, we can't do this again. <laughs> All right, let us know what you think. Thank you so much for listening, Ashley.
0: Uh, pie is better than cake I'm not getting into this with you at 9:45.
1: Oh, Ashley, five. if you say king better than pie, five. I will
2: eat you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. As the prophecy foretold. Now, go out and make waves, change history, and stay legendary. And kick some ass! And be an advocate.
1: Yeah. Yeah!
2: Okay. Bye!
1: Bye! Hi, it's Better Than Cake.
0: Well. Wow. <laughs>